Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, Steve Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Kirby, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. him over there, a.k.a. NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. Mr. March Madness, a.k.a. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Saint, the, the, the luckiest of lucky charms. And on the hotline, as always, my wonderful and gracious co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. AKA your favorite little shit talker. AKA that box braided up badass. AKA fresh from the windy city so you hoes can blow me. <laughs> AKA that little baby who pressed reset. Calvin, how's your week been? Uh, we grind. We, you know what I'm saying? I think you know me, you know how I, you know how I get down. We could complain, and sometimes we do complain, but we move, we move. Um, you know, it's uh, the weather. We're in that we're in that fall spring right now. That little bit of fake hope. You know what? You know what this weather reminds me. Mm. Remember the first two weeks of a situationship? <laughs> yeah. Where everything, yeah. you don't say everything just good. Like like this remind me of like free trial weather. Like <laughs> this weather makes you want to unblock a couple people. This is this is a free tri- we call this free trial spring. Like this is 14 days before you gotta put your credit card info in or you know what I mean? Like this this is what it is. And you know, I think we always talk about it like people pretend seasonal affective disorder isn't real until it gets to like 65 degrees and you feel like you took a molly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you wonder why you all happy and bouncy all of a sudden, nigga, because you was you've been sad for five months because it's been dark outside. Also <laughs> I don't know if it's ain't a topic, but time isn't real. Oh, yeah. Did you see that shit? Bro, how the fuck the government just gonna make daylight saving time permanent? <laughs> like, of all, the, like, ha, like, time is a construct. And listen, that, um, that almost made me forgive you for all the times you were late. Because if we could just change time through a bill, what is time really? The next time I'm late for work, I'm not gonna tell them niggas I was late. I was just early for the next hour. Uh, it was it was daylight savings. <laughs> just blame daylight savings time. Like first and foremost, <laughs> of all the things we got going on in the country, the gas four fifteen, nigga student loans still student loaning. We got veterans homeless. You know if they put a bill on time. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> but I digress. I ain't going to spend this whole episode complaining about shit we all know is some bullshit. You know, so the past couple of days I spent in Chicago. Um, for, very... for, for business or for pleasure, sweetheart? You be asking a lot of questions, Calvin. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot you just did there. But, um... It was, honestly, it was an eat, pray, love trip. Like, I needed a minute and I took one. I had a wonderful time. Um, Chicago's a beautiful city. Okay, this is like my first real time in Chicago. Like the last time I was there was one of those like we're up and we're back down. Like j- that's it. We got time to handle biz and, and bounce, right? But this time I actually like got to spend some time and see some shit and eat and like I had a really I had a really really good time. Um, I went to this Cuban restaurant. Okay. Chicago, sneakily a very elite food city. Like, you don't think of Chicago as an elite food city until you get there and you see all the options. Let me tell you something. 
I had what was it, Giordano's? Mm-hmm. That pizza is a motherfucking pizza, okay? And I'm from like my family's from the East Coast. That was some good ass fucking pizza. And you're right, Chicago is a sneaky, sneakily, sneakily. <laughs> That's a big word for Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago is sneakily a food city. And then you know what? And we know I am not a foodie. I am not. If I lived in Chicago, I would be fat as fuck. Me. Because listen, they got the little pizza puffs Jones situation. Like the main thing I was so upset about when I went to Chicago for a conference is they had it so busy, I didn't have enough time to like really, you know what I'm saying? Get everything get everything going. I had Cuban ox yeah, Cuban oxtails. Amen. That don't sound like two things that should go together, but I know that shit slap. No, but that shit melted when I tell you. I wanted to call my mom and tell her, hey, bro, we have a problem. Like, that shit was so good. And then I had, like, this, this, it was like this salmon with, like, this mango chimchurri sauce. Baby, fuck me up. And y'all know I do not eat. <laughs> I ate the bro, You eat sauce. every other business day. Honestly, I I'm a social eater, double entendre. But like, I don't. <laughs> you gotta. I eat for social occasions when like, okay, let's go to dinner. Like, sure. I need to be seen, so I guess I'll eat while I'm there. Yeah, like this gives me an excuse to get dressed. <laughs> like, I don't. Yo, backwards ass. I, I know. So when I tell you, if I ever y'all hear me in Chicago, please understand I am being well fucked and fed. That was a good ass trip. Like. First time. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Um, Yeah, but I needed a minute away. Your girl needed to take her head off her shoulders for a couple of days. And I didn't realize how, like, therapeutic traveling was until I started putting, like, constraints on how much I'm gone. Because I'd be gone, bro. Gone. And I can't tell y'all too much of what's going on behind the scenes, but I think that's going to start being more of a lifestyle for me. Like, I don't think I'm going to fuck around and be here. Like, a lot. Like, mm, anyway more to come on that but um you ever just need a second i took one and it was honestly this is probably the most inopportune time for me to have gotten away but i needed it and i was gonna take it before i like i felt like i was gonna just i was gonna combust i just i i felt like i was like bro i'm imploding i am imploding somehow the train is off the tracks and before we start doing, making some reckless and self-destructive ass behaviors, let's go, let's take a second. Let's remove ourselves from environment. And I'm very, in such a very privileged and blessed position to have people around me who recognize that and are just like, bro, come lay on my couch for a couple of days and cry it out. Like play cranes in the sky as many times as you want to cry it out, eat some ice cream, eat whatever the fuck you want. And when, I, oh, speaking of dessert, honey. Woo! Sweet tooth. Rotten. Like, Chicago got some good-ass food. But, um, I needed... But also, the problem of... One of the problems with Chicago is the fact that they be, like... They have taxes for everything. Like, oh, everything got a tax. Like, oh, paper bag tax. Pass, pass, plastic bag tax. All types oh, yeah. of tax. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chicago is... is gets. But see, Detroit's the same way. Detroit would tax you from aluminum foil. If Detroit could tax the copper in your blood if they could, okay? Like, let me tell you. Listen, but, it just because that was the one thing, because, you know, listen, 
But I will say, like, I went to the, you know what I'm saying, a little, 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 little version of a, a bodega because I was across the street from where the hotel we were staying. You know what I'm saying? Got it. But I was like, God damn, like, the taxes added like four, $4 to the meal. It was, I'm blaming Lori Lightfoot's head ass. I feel like it's all her fault. <laughs> but, um, yeah. A lot going on. Um, wanted to, you ready to talk to Stable Friend? Yeah, let's get, let's get a popper. All right. Okay. I'm going to hell early this episode. I'm not joining you. I'm not. I'm not joining you. I am. I, I am going to stay right here with 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 the Saints. I'm going to hell very early because D.L. made a comment, and I wanted to pop his hands. But he also was right. He wasn't right. He wasn't right. But I also started laughing. He's not right. That was not right. It was funny, but it wasn't right because the voices in my head don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Like all the voices in your head, hater. Like you ain't got you ain't got a cheerleader in none of them, bro. There's I'm be honest. There's one bitch where I have to be like, okay, the self sabotage imposter syndrome shit, sis. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm gonna need you to find a seat. Like the boss, she they ask for her. Like when we're ready to do the self doubt thing, we have Grey's Anatomy for that. Like in a glass of wine and some popcorn. Like. We'll get to that when that matters. But right now, you showing up at the wrong time. That bitch, you got to talk to like that. But, like, anyway. Calvin, would you like to tell the people what D.L. Hughley said? Yes. And so D.L. Hughley has been commenting on, um, you know, Kanye, Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian. But shit, we've been ignoring because I'm not going to comment on anything that there's no redeemable party in the bunch neither one of them are worth defending Between so it's like it's gonna be a bunch of i mean well like so i ain't gotta i ain't if, got if that we do if we do the back and forth about kim and kanye and we play the who's wronger olympics bro they both can eat a dick like at this point i'm not gonna do that for either one of them they are both dead ass wrong and you want to know who's caught up in all the midst of this shit they're children them kids, bro. This it's not Kim and Kanye's business being splashed. It's their parents' business being splashed all over front page news for the world to see. And I know that these are not the first celebrity kids who have experienced this. Hi, Drew Barrymore. But like, I'm just. But here's the thing: the kids didn't have a choice. It's like they, the the parents we're, ch- we're chose to be famous. Where we talk a lot about child protection, and we talk a lot about mental health, and we talk a lot about the effects of what all of these do, the effects that adults have on children all the fucking time. We're in a very self-aware day and age. So the the that shit is out the fucking window. What I'm talking about right now is like, like, bro, I don't give a shit. None of them are worth defending, to be honest. None of them are worth dying on the hills that y'all have literally been slathering yourselves across. And low-key, you can't get me to defend the Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? You cannot pay me money money to defend a Kardashian, bro. Hell nah. And, And at this point, we all know who Kanye is as a person. Like, so it's like you're people were surprised on how Kanye's moving. You haven't been paying attention. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, listen, but D.L. Hughley said, Kanye, how dare you talk about the way someone dresses? Look at you. All those people in your head and and not one of them got a Macy's card? 
<laughs> and and so like so this all started because um D.L. Hughley was on the the human snitch of Vlad TV's uh you know shit and oh, they asked him about it. I don't know what? why they asked him about it Vlad because TV know who that they know you Calvin now Calvin. Now, Calvin, you know exactly why they asked him. Because here's the thing, though. It's giving me very much, where's jaw energy of like, hey, let's ask this random person about this other random thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's giving me, we have jaw rule on the phone talking about 9-11. Like, no one gives a fuck. Like, no one gives a fuck. But. I mean, they got to keep the lights on. And apparently, so does D.L. Hughley. So I'm not listen, mad. When listen, niggas start, but here's the thing, and you hit the nail on the head. Okay, you you definitely did, bro. When two losers link up, what do you have? A podcast. <laughs> so like, <laughs> be, listen, I'm gonna keep quiet because I don't want to be petty. I don't want to be petty because we've heard that we've heard that about us. We've heard, yeah, we have. So like. That's what I'm saying. It was very petty of me, obviously. <laughs> we're tr- we're trying to be better in 2022. We are. No, you need a dick. But <laughs> th- oh, this year you can suck my dick. But um You don't have one of those. Have you checked my top drawer? <laughs> no, because I know better. <laughs> anyway, we're getting I don't go things. searching around in your bedroom because I like living. We're good good job, Calvin. Good job. You might get your hand bit off. But um, fucking anyway, you know what I'm my, ain't hey, no hate in that hey, mind. Hey, hey, well, <laughs> hey, um, I work, I, I work in HR. <laughs> I should have remembered that ten minutes ago, huh? <laughs> you think? A little late, sis. A little late. It's cute though. Cute. It's cute. I forgot my whole point, Calvin. Where were we going with this? But long story short, so the, so the initial beef came when Dio. Hughley commented on the Kanye Kim Pete Davidson situation and made some actual valid points. Like, you know how fucked up you gotta be for people to agree with D.L. Hughley? Anyway. And so then Kanye kind of put him on the shit list, try to apparently try to threaten him and say, I, I got enough money to, to, to find you, all that shit. And with someone like D.L. Hughley, people have to understand, you cannot out-troll a comedian. <laughs> That is literally their job every day is to fight hecklers, battle back, be witty. Like, people be trying to get into these social media wars and war of words with people who are paid to do this. Getting in a war of words with a comedian is like me challenging Kyrie Irving to a game of one-on-one on basketball. It is a terrible idea, and that's not, and he is a professional at it. So you start throwing this shit. DL just keep digging on the jokes. So that was where that came from. But listen, at the end of the day, that comment expounds on a, a bigger thing of like, be careful how you talk to yourself. Like one thing that I've always tried to remember, and I failed multiple times, but like if someone else was talking to me the way I talk to me, would I hang around them? You know what I'm saying? Like if, if someone else talked to you the way you talk to you, would you be that person's friend? But okay. And I see where we're going with this, right? So don't let me be that person. I'm not. I believe in being stern with myself, but am I going to sit here and dog myself out? Like I have I had to t- talk myself out of that? Absolutely. Like I think we Like all it's have really to, like it's like, really like 
You know what I'm saying? I look at it like just like, yeah, we all need people in our corner who's not who's not yes men, right? You know what I'm saying? And you can't be a yes man to yourself, but also be be mindful of how you speak to you, right? Like there's constructive criticism and there's hating, right? And we all know the difference. And sometimes we be hating on ourselves. I believe that's true too. But sometimes nobody knows. All right. You are as honest with yourself as you allow yourself to be. And ultimately, you can run from a lot of things, but you can't run from you. So you know when you're telling the truth, and you know when you're telling the truth truth. And you, despite how many lies you try to tell the world and even yourself, you know the truth truth, right? You can't out like you can't outthink that. So being self-critical sometimes does come across harsh because you know what you 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 know what you're trying to convince yourself of, and you also know what's actually honest. So sometimes, and I think that's the line that I think we all sometimes struggle with. Like, am I being harsh with myself or is this just the truth, truth for the matter? And sometimes the truth, truth is ugly. It's, it's as real as you think it is, boo. And I think I struggle with that sometimes because you don't want the rose-colored glasses on either where you're starting to be way too harsh on yourself. So you're not thinking rationally. So you're overreacting to the things that may not require all of that from you right now. And what I've had to come to, like, as I've learned to nurture and reparent myself and and give myself the things that my own tank fillers, so to speak, um, how I allow myself, how I allow me to talk to me is how other people have to talk to me, too. Because. If I can check you for being disrespectful, like, I can check myself. Like, hey, bro, that's cool, though. Like, all right, we said what we need to say. We got the game plan. You checked yourself. We're going to be all right. We all we got. Just smack yourself on the ass and get right back out there. Like, sometimes that's just what that is. But, yeah, so it's really, I mean, so at the end of the day, you're around yourself 24-7. Make sure you like you and how you treat you before it before before it gets anywhere else. You know what I mean? So that's all I got on that one. And D.L. Hughley is also definitely directly going to hell. Um, but he's going to hell for a lot of reasons. That ain't my business. Oh yeah. DL's going to hell for a lot of different reasons. A lot. And I won't go there because it's very triggering. But like that particular comment, if he was talking about anybody else, I probably wouldn't have laughed. Probably not. But Kanye and his antics, it's just like, and as somebody who struggles with her own mental health, like that mm, mm, probably wasn't the most tasteful thing I found funny, let me be clear. But, all right, how do I say this? You can't sit here and throw rocks all the time. And when somebody has a rock in their hand and they're ready to beat your ass, be like, oh, but I'm sick and oh, my mental health. And then continue to throw rocks. Like, bro, people on the other side of that shit are human too. And they don't have to take your shit just because you're sick. Everybody's boundaries matter. So Kanye been real crazy out the mouth, bro. And I get it. Some of that shit is a part of what he struggles with. And some of that shit isn't. But even if you struggle with it, right? Right. And even when you struggle with it, there comes a point in time where you do get to, that doesn't mean that there's a lack or a miss of accountability because you're struggling with your mental health. People do have the right to tell you when and how you had them fucked up, sick or not. 
So, and I think that's what we liked about Rue's character on, in, on Euphoria. Like, yeah, you hit rock bottom because of your addiction, but when you got out of rock bottom, you realize, like, no, nah, I have some apologies to give. Like, see, accountability is like, is nah, I, I fucked up. Nah, I fucked up because it's like, nah, like I was wilding. Like, I, I, I fucked up because, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry I, I did this to you. You ain't deserve that. It's not, yeah, but I was sick. Yeah, but you know, but like, yeah, but that's cool. That's great. Like, and I'm glad you're feeling better, but like, this still happened. Like, if I blacked out and punched somebody in the face, when I come to, I still punch somebody in the face and I got to own that and apologize for that if that's what I want to, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, that's just, if, if we want to treat if mental health as the sickness that it is, we also have to understand that just because you're sick doesn't give you the excuse to just intentionally treat people horribly and expect them to forgive you like nothing happened. And you know what's crazy, Calvin? I agree with you. As somebody who has had to go on her own apology tour, right? Because that's a huge part of it. That's a huge part of it. It's honestly the most humbling, if I'm being real. And if I'm being, if I'm speaking very frankly about it, there are some people that um, I wish I could apologize to, but that bridge is way burnt. Way, 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 way burnt. And it's on some, like, you know what? We both were right. Truthfully and honestly. You know what I mean? And I've fallen out with um, some boyfriends on the same terms. I've had fallen out with some of my family on the same terms. And when you come to your own senses and your own grits, having to, like, face that is a very sobering experience. It's very humbling. Because in the moment of that shit, you couldn't be told nothing. So, in the moment of that shit, sometimes you can't feel it. And then in other areas, in other moments, it's just like, all right. You, when you come to yourself and you find yourself back, like, you make it back to the other side. You do owe those people that you left a mark on or you offended an apology. They are deserving of acknowledgement. They're deserving of of being told that you hurt their feelings and you're deserving to be held of you are also deserving of accountability which is a portion of therapy that we should probably do a better job of talking about but you are not above being held accountable for your actions just because you were not in the best frame of, of frame of mind when they happen you're not absolved of those things nobody owes you that shit either I agree I agree 100% you know what I'm saying I think I think we all know we all know that like there's very few things that is as black and white as what people want to make it. So right, right, and so just all I said, um, all I say to that is this: How, hmm, damn, me and my train of thought because I'm trying to be careful with my words here. I'm not saying that Diaz deeply picking fun at mental health was. Um, was appropriate, right? But I do want to say that in this particular scenario, when two people have already been tossing, throwing stones and throwing daggers at each other back and forth, then yeah, sometimes that just a low blow, a low blow flu. I'm not saying like, right. I'm not saying it's fair, but at so many times, like, bro, I'm not gonna keep just like, bro, what? 
It's, it, I mean, in this particular scenario, again, like there was equal and opposite reactions, right? Like Kanye threatened, threatened to like find that man, like threatened violence on him. You feel me? Like if you say you're gonna send people to my house, like you know what I'm saying? There's like that's you know it's it. It's, it's at this point they're 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 entrenched in some sort of like back and forth where the lines have already been crossed. You know what I mean? Like, because I would I would I would you know assume that like, hey, like saying you're going to get people to come find me and, and harm me, that's a that's a line crosser too. You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, it's always about like, hey man, like if you if someone aggrieves you, you know what I'm saying? Like you get aggrieved too. Like it doesn't make it right, but it's, but it's like, if you, if, if I slap you in the face and you shoot me, should you have shot me? No, but also like you're reacting to something I did. Ooh, that's another debate. <laughs> now that's another debate, but, um, Calvin, would you like to explain the sport? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, first and foremost, before I get into the actual sports topic, I want to say rest in peace to Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon. Um, one of my childhood heroes, childhood wrestling heroes, died. Um, from from actually uh, a it was a complication of surgery. Like he was getting his hip replaced, and some 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 somehow during the surgery, um. Like a blood clot, a blood clot got let was let loose, like found its way out of a way it was supposed to, and um, he ended up having uh, three heart attacks, according to Doctor according to reports. And you know he was on life support. They uh, they waited for his family to kind of all get in place, and they kind of pulled life support. So he was uh, sixty one. So like you know, what I'm saying wow. still you know. It was just it, it, it was it's sad to say. So I want to make sure I get I, I spoke on that because it's you know something that I definitely wanted to to touch upon. But all right, as far as explaining the sports, right? I forget what I was I forget what how I was going to lead into this. Oh yeah, so Kyrie Irving dropped sixty one points last night, right? Sixty one points, like that's the high of anyone in the season. And I and I see a lot of people, you know. Talking about how stupid the vaccine, the vaccine mandate is in New York City right now, because if you're not aware, so with where they are in the vaccine mandate, it's, it's a it's a private sector vaccine mandate. So pretty much like, if you're a private sector employee in in the city of New York, you are required to 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 to, to get to to get the vaccine in order to be able to work in New York City. Kyrie Irving plays for the Brooklyn Nets, which last time I checked was in New York City. So he is under that mandate, and Kyrie has made a choice to not get vaccinated. His choice, but he made that choice. And so, therefore, he's not allowed to play home games in Brooklyn. He's allowed to play on the road, not allowed to play at home. So he's like a, he's been like a part-time player for, since like the All-Star break. It's basically like he plays on the road, not at home. Recently, because the rates of COVID in New York City has gone down because, spoiler alert, 90% of New York City is vaccinated. They've allowed, they've kind of relaxed the masking mandates and, and, and have also allowed like un, some unvaccinated people to be able to like enter into public places. Cause New York was one of those people that like, if you ain't vaccinated, you couldn't go out anywhere. Yeah. And so they've relaxed that a little bit. So it's, it's led to the kind of weird scenario where Kyrie Irving 
legit bought a court five ticket to watch his team play in the Barclays Center, <laughs> but he could not personally play in the Barclays Center. That's not funny. That's you feel funny. me? Like it's 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 wild, right? Like like, and I can admit that like, it's wild. But one thing that I don't like is people are 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 framing it as some sort of like free Kyrie, like free Kyrie, like you know what I'm saying, like trying to like get on um the uh the 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 mayor. Eric, uh, who, whatever his last name is, but Eric Adams, but he's also nutcase to like release a private sector mandate so Kyrie can play home games. Okay, and people are making this big sort of like Kyrie's oppressed. Like people are first like free Kyrie, and my and my problem with the framing is because there's one person here who could. There's one person here who could like evenly make this a moot point. You know who that person is? Kyrie Irving. <laughs> exactly. And you don't even watch sports for real. You you know that one. Like people are making well, people no, are making this man here. Listen, they're not going to sit here. People are not going to look at this as this was a rule. This was a rule. And it's funny, you know what? To be honest with you. Okay. I love when sexism works in my favor. So of course, I'm. Of course, I'm getting ready to take it there. Duh, it's funny how people pick and choose which rules apply and which rules shouldn't, especially when it comes to sports. It's funny because we're talking about how Kyrie Irving needs to be freed from the oppressive shackles of a mass mandate and vaccine rule that's been in place since it's been in place since he signed his contract, got paid out millions, signed all these endorsements. Excuse me. He knew exactly what the fuck kind of time it was. He knew. This would be a requirement. You want to know how else got on board with said requirement to make sure it was safe for their fucking franchise player to play? Everyone else who got vaccinated so that his black ass could be on the court. So to be honest with you, he's being selfish. And the fact that everybody's looking at this selfish action as martyrdom is beyond me. Now, wait, I got a point. I'm going to round it out. I promise. No, I'm agreeing with you so far. Like, like, like you, yeah, I'm like, agreeing with you. That's, and this is the first time I've heard of this, guys. Y'all know this is the first time I'm hearing this. So obviously these are like gut like this is my gut reaction that's selfish that's selfish as fuck that's someone that's actually some of the most selfish do you know how many people around Kyrie Irving had to get vaccinated and constantly and consistently tested simply to just wash his fucking draws but you mean to tell me that his ass is too good to go get vaccinated to keep everyone around him safe as well that's selfish as fuck because if everyone else around him if he decided think about it if it was the if it was the inverse if everyone else decided to say fuck the vaccine and he said no guys it's to keep you safe I'm gonna get vaccinated and everyone else decided to say he can kiss his ass then that i might respect but this oh you're being a fucking crybaby you're being you're throwing a tantrum my point about the matter is this right because Kyrie is some martyr for not wanting to participate in a rule about a mass mandate that the country has been divided on since the dawn of this fucking pandemic right right we won't get into politics i don't want to anyway but what pisses me off is like you say Shakari Richardson. Now, her attitude and demeanor and her Twitter antics aside, which is a different topic for a different day, she also broke a rule. 
And that had us all types of divided because they're like, well, she knew what the rules were. She hit the joint. Whoever passed the weed was dead ass wrong. She should have been disqualified. She should have been named in the streets and shame, 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 walk through the hills. Like we made a big deal about how it was so wrong for this black girl who just found out on national television from a fucking reporter that her mama died, hit the blunt in order to get her mind right in order to smoke these bitches in this race, right? She broke a rule. So of course she does the crime fit the punishment. The crime fits the punishment here too with Kyrie. He's the one being selfish. He's the one holding shit up. The same, the same energy is not being kept, and that's my problem with this shit. And and it's like, I can again, two things can be true, right? Like, yes, is it is it wild that like he can attend courtside and not play? I understand, I understand people feeling some type of way about that. Is it wild and that like visitors can be, you know? unvaccinated and play and he can't sure here's the thing though a Kyrie knew all of that like again heading into the season he ch- and, and honestly people respected him because he he knew what he, he made a personal decision and knew like hey this is this is what I'm giving up you know what I'm saying this is what this is what I'm giving up I'm like, all right cool like you don't want to get vaccinated Sure. Do I do I agree with that decision? No, but I don't have to. That's your decision. But then you can't b- make that decision and then whine about the consequences of the decision that you made. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and again, it's it's it, it's the phrasing of it all is like, hey, he's being no, he's not he he has the power to to change his scenario at any point, and he chooses not to, and then complains about it. That's like my house being on fire. And instead of like calling the fire department or grabbing a bucket of water, I'm just like, damn, I wish my house wasn't on fire. That sucks. Like, y'all got like it's rare that we agree on some sports shit because half the time you don't know what the you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Baby, we're talking about the social aspects of sports. We ain't talking about the actual points on the board, okay? Save that for you and your group chat. That is I am not the girl. I tried. It was cute. It's not for me. I'm, I, you know what? Let me stop lying to y'all. I broke up the, with the nigga that was keeping me updated. I couldn't keep up. You know the crazy thing is, because you listen, you 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 carry, you literally like was like, send me send me stuff, send me stuff, and I I didn't listen I to interested. you. I was so glad. I was so glad you knew I was a liar, bro. I was so glad. I was like, I'm so glad Calvin didn't fill my inbox with that bullshit, bro. No. I'm so and then I, then I, then I'm like, if I finally find something, I'm like, this is gonna be something that's like some nigga shit, but like also sports shit. Then you was like, why the fuck you sent me? And I'm like, you mean for four, the four times that you asked me, it got mad at me because I didn't take you serious. You mean both times? Yeah, like, bro, what? Why the fuck would you do that? Anyway, who the fuck? Ew, come on, know me better. <laughs> That's what I was like, because I literally, like, the first three times, I'm like, all right, shut, like, shut the fuck up. I figured, time four, okay, she actually means the shit. Nope. nope. Next know. time, next time you want me to take you serious, you got to tell me five times. It's like, it's like saying Candyman. You got to say this shit five <laughs> times before I take your black ass serious anymore. Deal? Deal, friend. Okay. <laughs> So while I get my, I'm gathering my bearings, right? So I've been seeing this trend on the internet lately about the girls and women are starting to transition back into like this very modest style way of dressing and this very just, you know, all of a sudden the bitches want to put their titties away. Um, Boo, tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. 
Um, and it's just like I started thinking about like, I mean, okay, not that I'm some like huge fashion empire icon and like and and I study all these fashion houses or anything, but does fashion tickle my fancy and do I get into it a little bit? Absolutely. And I am not afraid to say that like, dog, I absolutely. I absolutely um, st- at least look up the shit that I'm I'm curious about, but it is obvious like as a woman who has a little bit of a passion for fashion, I pay attention to obviously the trends and what women and girls are dressing, and I'm still gonna put on what the fuck I feel like it. But of course, you've got style and economic downturns. I've always wondered how style like correlated to. How am I saying this? How style and the economy have always played with each other. Because, and I, I've always, my interest sparked there because of fast fashion, right? And that's when I started to kind of, you know, sparingly, very passive aggressively, y'all. I was not like doing some investigative journalism shit. Like I always just kind of, if I had a minute to read an article, I would <laughs> like type shit. That's it. Very surface level digging here, right? And Twitter helped with that. Shout out to all, shout out to everybody who shares their information um, on Twitter and their content. I do actually take a peek at those articles. I like seeing black women. I love seeing black women writers. Um, Shout out to my Keisha. She's obviously doing her fucking thing. Um, Shout out to all the female journalists out there. Liz too. I'm going on a tangent. My bad, y'all. But I actually read across this article that was shared on the timeline. And it was on Elite Daily. And it talks about the economy of fashion and, like, how different trends reflect the financial state. Dope-ass article, right? And I started reading. And, of course, they touched on how you have the George, um, of course, paraphrasing. You have George Taylor, one of the first economists to start correlating fashion and the economy. And it's like the hemline theory. Like, when times are harder, that hemline gets shorter. Women are obviously not able to show off fancy stockings and shit like that. Obviously a very dated way of thinking. But then, did you see, and of course I'm getting ready to fuck this up again, but did you see what um brand was it that did the Spellhouse, Morehouse? Um, it, was, it was Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren. Yeah, Ralph Lauren did the Spellhouse collaboration, and the creative director behind it is actually a black guy who went, who graduated, I want to say, from Morehouse. Like, so he's a graduate. And, the it, of course, obviously, it was very speakeasy style, you know, very era-driven fashion, shit like that. Guys, again, paraphrasing, a bitch worked eight hours today, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bear with me. But um, very period-driven. Like, it gave Idlewild. You know what I mean? Very, very, very niche-style way of fashion. And I guess it sparked up a debate about how all of a sudden the girlies are starting to transition back into very conservative style. It's giving Kojic. Yeah, like it's giving very like, oh, my church mother would appreciate me and like the quarter limb sleeves and like. (laughs) You know what? You know what it's giving? It's it's giving. Ooh, girl, W E B the boy about to be in town. Yeah, like ooh, baby, a Martin finna speak. Like that's what it's giving. Like I don't. (laughs) He had a dream, all right. It wasn't wet one. But I just, I, it, that's what fashion is leaning towards. And honestly, we get it, right? More conservative or traditional style of clothing have longevity. So the splurging on shit like that, 
doesn't feel as you know what i'm saying like oh yeah i can wear this i'm gonna get multiple wears out of this honestly the oldest blazer in my closet has been in there for the past 10 years so obviously there are some pieces like that are just timeless everybody needs timeless classic pieces basic pieces in their closet good pair of denim you'll spend money on good pack of white tees you'll spend money on like there's certain things that are obviously going to be staples in your closet so <laughs> when spending is down brands tend to shift towards those kind of type of designs and then you're starting to see the resurgence of a platform because of course fashion is cyclical you know it's about the resurgence of trends all the time so of course we're getting into platforms and in in we're in a very 1990s sort of era right now. Exactly. Like, of course, everything is... Even look at the style of bags, like the Prada bags that are out right now. Are exactly Look at Euphoria. Euphoria look like some shit I saw on one of my, like, older cousins, like, magazines. Like, exactly, right? So, um, what I'm not... My point about it is this, right? I say all that to say this. I want women to stop is it if we start leaning back more towards respectability politics again when we start of course the conversation is always going to be about like the modest woman right <clears throat> whatever the fuck that means and i have very modest friends like despite my personality obviously i have very 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 one of my brother's godmother is is muslim she practices islam and she wears a hijab she practices obviously if Braylon's at her house and it's prayer time, nigga move out the way. Like participate or move. Like so very modest, modest, modest friends, right? Well, no, Tanea. If anybody knows, shout out to Tanea. She's a very modest woman. That doesn't mean that she's a prude woman either. That doesn't mean she's judgmental. And I don't want the girls to start conflating modesty with that pick me shit. Y'all start doing things that just because you decided to put your titties away that the world's still ain't. You talk about that one shorty was like when I learned when I learned my worth of this how I dress, like shut up. Baby, shut listen. Up. I can learn my worth and still enjoy showing my titties. Like I can like and that's that's I just really want the girls to move away from feeling the need that thinking that being a hundred percent covered or showing a little skin means that you are more or less deserving of respect. I can't believe that I actually no, I can't believe because if fashion is cyclical, so are the fucking respectability politics surrounding fashion are also going to obviously be cyclical. But it's a lot of overcorrecting in the world. It's a lot of overcorrecting in the world. Like it's two things can also be true. Do you honestly think that I stopped being who I am because I'm in a suit? No, I'm just a city girl in a suit. Now, if I decided to put on my pleasers and my leather skirt and and go shake my ass, does that mean that I'm any less deserving of sitting at the board, the heads of the tables that I sit in? No, it does not. It just means that Alex is probably out of the office. Like, I I want the girls to stop thinking that. Now, there is a fine line between not slut shaming someone for what they have on and showing up showing up appropriate for the occasion. There there's a time there is time and place etiquette. That's not a loss. And that is that should never be a lost art. How I show up on my downtime is not how I show up, uh, how I show up in, in, in different settings. Like there is time and place for all of it. Right. And how somebody chooses to show up in these time and places is not going to. It's not going to. Deter how I choose to treat them. It's n- no, not at all. 
Not at all. But there is a time and place for everything. And I think saving the special things for those occasions, ain't no problem with that. None. <sighs> it sucks to hear 30-year-old women still clinging to that ideology, though. Like, teaching that or having that conversation with maybe a young 20-something is one thing. Or even, you know what I'm saying, my nieces and, and nephews when the time comes. But having to have that respectability conversation with a 30-year-old woman, it's like, it makes me always want to call my mom and thank her for the way that I was raised. Because that was a standard I never had to, I never, I was never judged like that. Or at least unbeknownst to me. Maybe, or maybe it was a lesson that I ended up catching later. I don't know. Either way, I was never bound by those things. Like, I got to show up as whoever the fuck I wanted to. I learned how to put my titties away. I learned how to also be comfortable with having my titties out. I learned how to the either-or rule. And I think young girls should honestly start spending more time up underneath their aunties and older black women or not. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. Let me rewind. Because that could be harmful as well. Because where the fuck are they learning these misbehaviors? Let's start there. Because there's a lot of correcting and teaching. I kind of just got lucky. But... I think that as the eight, my age group, right? I'm we call we at the auntie age, comfortable auntie age at that. Spending time with my nieces and nephews so that they don't have to grow up underneath those kind of respectability politics, or at least recognize when it's happening and be able to correct it. Because luckily for me, the elder black women that were around me in that aspect, oh, that was some shit. That was that was never going to be a thing, ever. They taught me how to dress. They got me together. And it was wrong. They corrected it. When it was right, they complimented it. And we got to keep pushing. I was never held to that. But I also was the girl that got to play in makeup. So red lipstick wasn't a thing. But my hoops, oh, I was not, oh, them hoops had to be a certain a certain size. Like, you was not walking around with big old door knockers. I was out. But I don't know. I think I got to play, I got to play dress up a lot more. So the little things like that didn't my mom wasn't harping about but yeah that's all that was all my two cents that was my mini rant <laughs> my two cents turned to 10 cents real quick because listen at the end of the day do what you whatever you do do to make you happy you know what i mean like some people y'all y'all don't be happy doing this you know what i mean like y'all do this because of some goal that's external or you're trying to please someone or you're trying to course correct because uh, of, the, of, of the hoe that your nigga left you for whatever the reasoning is but you're not doing it for yourself it's, it's similar to how like you're only gonna really get really active in the gym if you do it for you instead of oh I'm gonna stun on these hoes this summer because what happens when that external motivation goes away you gotta find that internal one right so, so and that's how I feel and honestly all of that shit is still for male gaze anyway. If you're doing it for any other reasons besides you like this shit and you're going to put that shit on. Who cares? Show them titties, girl. They're not going to sit up underneath your chin forever. <coughs> so, never mind. I almost said something, but it would be considered body shaming. We're not doing that today. Oh, my God, Calvin, please. Right, I'm, Calvin, I'm doing gonna, better. I'm going to let you talk about winning time because I definitely... So we know how you feel about the sports. Again. We're aware. Mm -hmm. But winning time, I feel like people would like it even if they're not a sports fan. Because, again, the actual sports on the show is minimal. It's about this kind of a story. So it's about the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty 
of like the 80s. And it goes through Magic Johnson, Jerry Buss, all the people, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all them niggas. But it's about kind of like, we know how the story is, but it's about like who they are as people more than just, oh, he the point guard, whatever. And so it's funny. You know what I'm saying? They 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 do a lot of like fourth wall breaking, like similar to the office, but they actually like talk to the camera. Like instead of looking at the camera, they'll make like it's the narration, they'll look at the camera and talk to the audience type shit. And listen, there's a scene in the second episode where 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 magic is 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 going like playing basketball against his old works new dude. And when I tell you the way Magic was talking to this man, we he had to have a praying mother because there's no reason he should have made it out that bitch alive. Right. So, like, it's just, I feel like you would like it because, again, it's not sports heavy as in, like, it's about, like, the action on the court. It's really about all the other shit behind it. Like, and look at it kind of like the first two episodes, you know, it's like a little bit of succession, but a little bit of... You know, like, like you know, what I'm saying. So, so I think you, I think you'll like it. I could be wrong, cause I be wrong sometimes. But I think you'll you know, fuck with it. You know, I actually like. I like. It's not that I don't enjoy the sports. It just goes over my head, and I feel like it's too late for me to catch up. <laughs> so that's that's really what the caveat with being sports is, cause I can sit there and enjoy the game. So it's not like I just can't stand it. I just feel like it's over my head. I and it's it's like getting in on a soap opera right now. Like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about, right? So I'm at the point where I just kind of let niggas have things. But if it's like a documentary, it's like a docu-series. Like, I'll be honest with you. I like, uh, what is it, 30 for 30? What is it? Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the name of the joint. Yeah, I like 30 for 30. I, I enjoyed that shit. I enjoyed The Last Dance. Like, I like documentary-style sports film or whatever. I don't know. I like what I like. <laughs> but I will check it out, Calvin. I will. Before we get out, because you know it is absolutely snowfall night. That old young old face hussy. We not gonna do that, and I hate it when y'all did that. We don't. Do, I hated y'all for that. Hated it. Hate, hate, hated it. She is not ugly. We don't call black women ugly. Man, it's not that she ugly. She just looked fifty six. Calvin. There's some pretty 56-year-olds. The green mile, please. <laughs> so, all right. Green mile is, you know what I'm saying, after a two-year hiatus because, you know, COVID. Uh, it's back on Saturday. It's one of my favorite events. And it's also the first time that I'll be actually hosting, you know what I'm saying, being part of actual planning behind it. So, yeah. I'm excited. Um, so, you know, just a quick, quick, Talk about some protocol here. First and foremost, for me on my end, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a six out. You know what I'm saying? I have to be there the entire time. Like it can't be like how it was. You know where I can like leave and come back, or I can show up. Like I got to be there the entire time. So I got to pace myself. And I'm also a. It's it's like my party, and you know it's like it's like a house party. But so you know you could be lit at your house party, but you can't be the most lit at your house party. Because yeah. you kind of got to make sure your guest is like, okay. So yeah. it's kind of, it's that sort of thing. But some protocols, some quick protocols. Listen, first and foremost, it is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> like, 
we are starting at 12.30, and we are going for several hours. Please do not think you got to get all your drinks in at the first stop. You will you you will crash and you will burn. It's a oh, marathon, not sprint. Is your last stop? Your first stop will be your last stop if you fuck around and find out. And that is okay. Secondly, we gonna have a lot of motherfuckers in there, and these places, these places aren't always the most spacious. So go to the bar, get your drink, and then move out the bar because there's somebody behind you trying to get their drink. One of my huge, one of my hugest pet peeves and all of just like going out is the motherfucker who just be at the bar but don't be trying to get a drink. Just be at the bar taking up space. <laughs> like go take up space away from the bar. Like niggas are here. Yes, I agree. If the bar is crowded, me. It's one thing if you're the only motherfucker in there, cool. But if you like, if if it's, if it's a, one of them's twenty nights or if it's a, a bar is crowded, get your drink and move, bro. That I do because. Agree. Cause now I got niggas got to lean on you, lean around you, yell over you, like move, move, bro, move out the way. Uh, start have a buddy system. You know what I'm saying? It's bar crawl. It's multiple spots, so like make sure someone knows where you are, because yes. it could get it, it could get very easy for you to get lost in the sauce. And if you lost in the sauce, can't no one find you. That's I I don't know what to tell you. And everyone around you is just as drunk as you are. Yep. Everyone have a buddy. And and the last thing is is most simple. Hydrate, eat. Don't do, listen. I don't know why. I don't know why y'all think fries and drink in a drink is a whole meal. I don't know why y'all do that. <laughs> Hydrate, eat. Put something on your stomach. Like listen. Like we want you to drink longer, not get drunk faster. Be. <laughs> <laughs> we are adults. <laughs> that shit that we did at twenty one, we cannot do at thirty one. Be mindful. So. All right. So for those of us like myself who feel bad about days like that today, where you're just like, damn, I would love to be social. I would love to get out there and see my people. It's been quite some time since we've done an event like this. And, you know, being around people would be fun. Being around my people like this would be fun. But since the last time we've gotten together like this has been, what, two years, Calvin? Yes. It's been two years since you've gotten around people like this. And maybe you've. I'm not saying grown in the derogatory sense, but maybe drinking in this manner isn't necessarily a part of your lifestyle anymore. Because this is binge drinking. Let's not call us call a spade a spade. <laughs> this is a binge drinking activity. And we all know what comes what comes of that. What can come of that? Both good and positive things, right? We've had some great like bro, the last green mile I went on, I had a fucking ball. I actually got put out. <laughs> <laughs> the last party I got put out of. Anyway, <laughs> good times. You was like, it, you. It literally happened. It was like, nope, time to go home. You're like, wait, but I got go home. No, oh, no, no. I got put out. I smacked the shit out of that man, and they put me out. So he started. Anyway, men got aggressive. A lot of alcohol. My point exactly. Right. Didn't want that to happen. So, um, what's about to say? So for those of us who are just like, bro, I want to participate. I would love to see folks, but being around a lot of that alcohol would just be, it just feels intimidating or it can feel triggering or it could just be a lot for you right now, right? See that I say don't, but don't sit at home on Saturday wishing that you were out, right? Don't sit at home because you decided to sit it out. 
find an alternative activity because and nobody says that you can't pop in and pop out and pop in and pop out you don't have to stay there ain't nobody that's not like you going to the grocery store with your mom and you got to be there the entire time until she's ready to check out you can find a way to show your face feel a part of your community and also maintain your own boundaries like i have some a couple friends coming into town for it i already made it very clear if I decide to come, I'm not staying the entire time. I'm pulling up late or coming in early, and I'm pulling out when I want to. Like because honestly, all day drinking marathons are not good for me. They never come. Nothing good of that in a very serious matter. Um, nothing good of that happens for me. So I'm not going to put myself in environments that are harmful for me for any other reasons besides they are harmful to me. You know what I mean? It's not that I'm around terrible people or everybody sucks or fuck y'all or no, it's nothing. It's nothing that aggressive at all. It's just we've been doing a really good job of maintaining our mental health and the things that and maintaining the checks and balances of that mental health. So just keep on the path of keep keep on this path of greatness. Like we don't have to rock this boat. And um being a healthy person means making decisions that suck because there's nothing more. I would give nothing more than want to be there the entire time, top to bottom, ordering food in, drinking at the counters, ordering shots, being amongst niggas, spilling drinks on each other. Cause that all, all of that shit going to happen. You know what I mean? Nothing more would make me happy. But as I safeguard my mental health, I've also done considerable amount of drinking the past couple weekends. Like, you know, maybe this is the one thing that we don't do also i have a birthday coming up in two weeks and there's no way that you niggas are gonna just let me not because y'all won't if you ask like if you literally if you your real friends will be like if you literally like guys i ain't even trying to do it like we'll accept it we may talk shit about you but we'll we'll, we'll let you we'll let it ride we'll be like if you literally like, i just want to have a sober birthday like your real niggas will be like all right cool like we may you know what i'm saying like joke about it with you because we've earned that kind of level of banter but we niggas ain't gonna for your real niggas ain't gonna force you to drink you know what i'd agree my real nigga actually y'all would end up taking drinks out of my hand if that was the case like, like if you really hit us on some like don't let me drink don't let me like we would we may have to remind you of it if you if you if, once once we, if, if actual function starts but if you hit us with that like we'll be like all right bet say less Baby, the words, please don't let me die, will come out of my mouth. And that'll just be up to y'all to figure out the rest. Truthfully. <laughs> it's like figure out today's wordle. You just be like, uh. Yeah. uh is that an S? Is that a I don't know. She said, don't let her die, but she's ordering shots. I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but all right. I'm going to end this on a positive note. Do something this weekend that makes you feel fulfilled and grateful. Do something that reminds you how good it is to take in breath and to be alive and to be amongst the living. I think we talk a lot about what it takes to survive, but let's start talk, doing some things that we're grateful for. Let's do something to this week that pours into you in a positive way. And do something this week that reminds you why you're worthy of greatness, abundance, life, and prosperity. Do something for you this week. It's your girl, Ali Nicole. It's your boy, C. Diddy. We are out of here. Peace. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. 
Little mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone, score. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot. Yo, about to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot. Yo, girl, let's pick you, poke it out.